Exciting news at This Week Health. Starting May 16th, our keynote show is moving to Thursdays. Catch every episode weekly on our This Week Health conference channel. Don't miss conversations with top health system leaders designed to transform healthcare one connection at a time. Subscribe to This Week Health conference and stay updated every Thursday. Today on This Week Health. There's no certainty, there's no transparency, and the pricing is out of whack. And the institutions we trust to protect us aren't protecting us. And in terms of payers and providers, their interests are aligned financially, but they're not aligned with the patient. And so that's a recipe for disaster for quite a few people. Thanks for joining us on This Week Health Keynote. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week Health, a channel dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. Special thanks to our keynote show sponsors, Sirius Healthcare, VMware, Transparent, Press Ganey, Sempris, and Veritas for choosing to invest in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. All right, today, Mark Cuban, owner of the Mavericks, Shark Tank TV personality and investor, and most important for this interview, founder of the Mark Cuban Cost Plus Drug Company. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Bill. I mean, when I get a chance to do an interview with an infamous basketball player, I'm always going to take Every time I go to Boston and I just go online, try to get a restaurant or whatnot, I'm really shocked at how amazing the tables are that I get in Boston and how disappointed the people look when they, yeah. uh, when they actually see yeah, there's me. There's actually a guy in Dallas named Mark Cuban who tells me I'm friends with him on Facebook and he says it's the same thing, man. <laughs> hey, Mark, this interview was really spurred by, I, I sat in the health conference a couple of years back and watched you essentially give people a... Everybody in the audience. So this is healthcare providers, insurance, pharma, you name it. And, and, and you told them they needed a wake-up call. I think the message was the patient is getting shortchanged by the system. Talk to us a little bit about how the patient's getting shortchanged. Well, it's obvious. I mean, there's no certainty, there's no transparency, and the pricing is out of whack. And the institutions we trust to protect us aren't protecting us. And in terms of payers and providers, their interests are aligned financially, but they're not aligned with the patient. And so that's a recipe for disaster for quite a few people. Yeah, the fact that there's no transparency. I went out onto your website and it's it's fascinating because the, the the drugs are all listed there. The price and the the amount they're going to save are are all listed there. I'm not I'm not sure where else I would go in the industry to see that. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, there's others who try to do it in, in various ways, but I think the difference with us is we deal directly with the manufacturers and we sell directly to the consumer. We use True Pill as our pharmacy. And there are no other intermediaries. There's no rebates. There's no contracts. There's no insurance companies. And our goal, we have one simple goal, to be the lowest cost provider of drugs, period, end of story. You're not going to get bells and whistles. You're not going to get Teladoc to call in. You're not going to get a fancy T-shirt if you buy X number of dollars worth. None. I'm looking at some of these prices, and, and this was noted in a, a PBS interview, I think that, that maybe you did. It talks about diabetes medication sells for $3.90, uh, 30 day supply on, on the online pharmacy, on your online pharmacy normally sells for 17 bucks. But the one that just caught my eye was the leukemia and other cancers medication, yeah. $17.10 versus $2,500. Are, are there specific diseases or, or clinical do domains that the, the company is focusing on at this point? No, and there's two parts there. One, 
The ref, a lot of people will give us a hard time. Well, that reference price you use is $2,500. People can get it cheaper, and they can't. The problem is you have to be a sleuth, an online detective, and jump from pharmacy to pharmacy or intermediary to intermediary to find that price, a lower price, and you don't know if it's going to be consistent from week to week or month to month, depending on the prescription you have. Whereas with ours, we, this is the same price all the time. Period, end of story. It's our cost plus 15%. And, and part two to that is we're really going to be consistent and transparent. I mean, you're just going to get our cost plus 15%. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's get into the, the specifics. You started to hit on this a little bit. The company is set up as a, as a PBM. It's uh -huh. an online pharmacy, and you are also a manufacturer of drugs. So the, the aim, if I'm reading a lot of these things correctly, the aim is to take out the middleman. What are other aspects of the business and, and how, is it, how is it going to take out the middleman? Well, first, we're, we're not a pharmacy per se right now. We're, not, we're, we're partnered with TruePill. So okay. they do all fulfillment, right? And the way we take out the middleman is partly doing our own manufacturing. We're building a plant in Dallas and we've got some third party relationships to manufacture for us for um, drugs we can't manufacture in Dallas. And hopefully that'll be open by the end of the year. And then again, we'll deal directly with the manufacturers for the things that we don't make. And because we're our own PBM, we can set up direct relationships with unions, with self-insured companies, with hospitals, a lot of people believe, and I'm not here to argue it, that PBMs are the organizations that distort pricing. And when PBMs become part of a vertically integrated organization like an insurance company with pharmacy, chain store pharmacies, then they get to, what's the right word? They get to control the pricing in a lot of different ways. And then they'll even extend that. They'll create entities overseas in the Caymans or wherever and they'll do manufacturing there and they'll create an arbitrarily high retail price so that then they can discount it and, and sell it at a discounted price, but they're still keeping all the market and rebating back to themselves where possible. So by being a PBM that's transparent, by being a retailer that is transparent, we eliminate all the uncertainty. And I'll add this, the pharmacy, I'm sorry, the manufacturers more often than not are not the bad guy. And we're becoming their best friend because the PBMs act as the intermediary. They're the doorman at the fancy bar collecting the cover charge, deciding who gets in and deciding also what alcohol is served at the restaurant and bar. And if you want to have your alcohol served, then you're going to have to not only negotiate a good price, but also set a very high retail price so they can look at you make themselves look good in the discounts and then also pay a rebate in order to continue to sell into that restaurant. And so that's the way PBMs operate for the most part. And so the, the, the drug manufacturers are saying, look, we love what you're doing because we don't have to deal with any of that, those shenanigans. We can just sell our product. You mark it up 15%. And not only does cost plus drugs solve a problem, but now all of a sudden the manufacturers look really, really good because the price they're selling at plus 15% looks dirt cheap like they're seeing on cost plus drugs. And who else looks like a good person? good person out of all this now the drug manufacturers look like a good person right costplusdrugs.com if you're wondering is the website it's interesting i, I came in I, I was new to healthcare in 2012 and i'm, I'm going to relay my story because i'd like to get your your feeling as you sort of look at this and i remember sitting there and say okay educate me on how 
physicians get paid and they would show me this thing and I, I'd, I'd scratch my head. I'm like, all right, that doesn't make sense. But yeah. the PBM space is one of those things that when somebody described it to me and they said, yeah, yeah. So this is what a PBM does. And I'm like, yeah, but doesn't, doesn't the pharmacy own the PBM? Well, yeah, but it's, it's over here. And aren't they also the insurance carrier? And they go, yeah. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, wait a minute, this and is. It's, and it's even worse, Bill. It's even worse than that because if you're not part of that PBM's vertical integration at the pharmacy level, let's say you're in, a, in an independent pharmacy and you're, you want your prices to show up where a lot of people are going, you may have to pay to get a popular prescription sent to your pharmacy. You're not gonna get paid a fulfillment fee. You're gonna have to pay because the attitude is, well, if you pay that intermediary, $10 per prescription or $10 per customer, you're going to make it up with them buying aspirin and OTC and toothpaste and, and toilet paper. And that's just insane. All right. So I, we're, we're going to get into a little bit more in, in this, but when people are listening to this, they're like, isn't, isn't this Civica RX? Isn't this the same? And for those who don't know, a bunch of health systems went together and they essentially looked at generics that were being sold into primarily into the providers and they came up with Civic RX. And for the most part, I think what they're trying to address is drug shortages that exist across the right. health systems right now. Yeah. And uh, you know, I didn't answer your question the, the first time in terms of what we choose, I spaced it. And it, that applies to what Civic RX is doing. We choose which drugs to offer by availability and impact. We really try to focus on equity, meaning drugs that are truly needed that people have a hard time affording it may not, if we choose that drug, it's because it's available to us. We can save them a lot of money. We can get the inventory. It may not make us the most amount of money. It may not, we're still just going to make 15% no matter what. But at the same time, where there's shortages or where it's just difficult for somebody to get that drug, like leukemia drug, that leukemia drug, then we'll focus on that first. We're not looking for the highest rate, the, the drug that's prescribed the most or that we could deliver the most. We're looking to have the most equity impact. So that's how we choose. And relative to Civica RX, to your point, they're trying to get the hard to come by the shortage drugs, particularly for hospitals, excuse me. And that's their primary focus. So we talk to them all the time and we we think we compliment them. So I, I, I know the answer to this question, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna sort of set you up with this. Is this an equity problem? The cost of drugs? Yeah, for a lot of people, it absolutely is. I mean, if you don't have insurance, you're SOS. We all have heard the stories and they continue to pop up every single day and it's criminal that they do, that people have to make choices between rationing their drugs, paying their rent, choosing to eat, buying baby formula, whatever it may be. And so this is an equity problem where not everybody has equal access to drugs. Not everybody has a great job with a great insurance program where they don't have to worry about it, worry about paying for the drugs. And even some that do, we try to be lower than the co-pays so that People might say, well, you're not going to fill up your deductible. So in case something big happens, you're not going to be able to, you'll have to pay for it. Well, even if you use up your deductible, as long as we're cheaper than the copay, you're still coming out ahead. Thanks for tuning in to the conference channel. We really appreciate you being a part of our community. If you're wondering, we have moved the Newsday channel. It is over on This Week Health Newsroom, and we have the Today Show, which is Tuesday through Friday. But every Monday, we do a discussion with me and someone else from the industry about the news stories, which will impact 
healthcare and health IT. So if you're wondering where did that show go, it's over there on Newsroom. Plus, we just did a number of great interviews with people at the HIMSS and Vive conferences. You're going to want to check those out as well. So head on over to, to there. Go ahead and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and just pick up on some more great content. Thanks for being a part of this. Now onto the show. All right. So talk to me about the health systems and the health provider. It's, it sounds like you're in conversations with health providers. How does your business model fit in with their business? They want cheaper drugs, right? It makes their life easier when, when you look at the cost of healthcare in this country, one of the big things that stands out as a red flag is the administrative cost. And a big underpinning of the administrative cost is each time a provider becomes part of a network, there's new contracts to be done. And each time they renew those contracts and there's new plans from the payer, then there's additional administration costs associated with dealing with those. And then that increases the ability for the payer to deny, you know, or not pre-approved claims or to deny claims, which just come, you know, makes things more complex for the provider. By working with us, we simplify that and we minimize the administrivia and the administration costs so it's cheaper, easier for the provider and cheaper, easier for the patient as well. All right. And from a provider standpoint, you you will take e-prescribing through short scripts. Is that, so I'm looking at your website here. E-prescribing through short scripts. Oh, the patients cannot pay with insurance at this time. It, it is a it's a cash model. Is, is that accurate? Yes, and that's we're not going to change that. Because okay. the payer system, the insurance system is so back ass half words that, like I said, it adds significantly to the cost of health care in this country. And if you look at Medicare and medical loss ratios, it's 85%. 15% of a bigger number is more profits. And so there's no direct incentive for the insurance companies to push down their rates or push down their revenues, which means it's okay if hospitals, the providers charge more. And so, and the games they play, that's why when you look at a charge master, it's insane some of these prices. And then now with the law passed a couple of years ago where they have to post on their website and let's hope that they jack up the, the fines and penalties for not posting the pricing on your website. But when you do, when, when providers do post on their website, there's different prices for different insurance programs and a dramatically different and typically lower price for cash pricing. That's insane. That is yeah. absolutely insane. And so we won't work with insurance companies unless they change how they do business. All right. So I crowdsourced some questions ahead of this. And essentially what I did is I sent it to a bunch of uh, people who work in healthcare and said, all right, give me, give me some ideas of what I should ask Mark Cuban. I took out the eight or nine basketball questions. You, you'll, you'll handle those in another yeah. venue. A, a lot of them had to do with the flow of information, right? So are you, when prescriptions are filled through you, is that information flowing back? And I think the answer to that is yes. If you're using chore scripts and you fill and you're using this partner, this partner is probably connected in a way yeah, that gets that information. A traditional pharmacy and they, they review everything. Adverse then, drug, they're worried about adverse drug effects, but for the most part, you're dealing with generics. So that information's already in the EHR. They're, they're going to pick that up. You hope that the doctor who prescribes it has already done that, but we do have a true pill that, that reviews and pharmacists there that review everything. But obviously, one of the challenges is if a patient splits their prescriptions among different sources because they're searching for the lowest price, 
then that can create an issue. But you hope the doctor deals with that. But more importantly, or just as importantly, we've got 100 plus drugs now. We hope to have that well past 1,000 by the end of the year. You know, it's interesting because a lot of them, uh, so let me just read this one because I think it's interesting. He's up against giant companies with lots of money and influence and complicated relationships with tentacles wrapped around through government, manufacturers, insurance companies, drugstores, pharmacists, retailers, and more. There's all kinds of super complicated contract arrangements that include rebates and hardwired incentives that keep this giant self-licking ice cream cone stuck together. The participants in this cartel mostly like the deals they have and they make good money on it and the system is built to keep others out. How is Mark going to break in or break out? So first, this didn't just happen overnight. Our pharma pharmacy launched on January 19th and we've got hundreds of thousands of customers already. But this, we've been doing this and working on this for more than three and a half years. And so it took a lot of time to build trust. So when we went to manufacturers, it wasn't like, oh, okay, let's ignore our biggest customers, our biggest distributors, our, our biggest insurance companies that we work with. It took time for us to explain the model, show them, demonstrate to them how we were going to do it, let them see it when we started to put together, and let them see the initial response once we launched on January 19th. It was a culmination of all those things to build trust. And then the second part, all those incestuous, incestuous relationships, we just avoided. We didn't deal. If you don't want to deal with us, great. Don't deal with us. It, that's why we started with generics, because there's typically more than one manufacturer or we have the opportunity to manufacture ourselves. And so that created an opportunity there. Mark, when you were going back and forth with Trump and all that, that stuff, some people thought you were conservative. Some people thought you were liberal. And I think I saw you say it once, and it's what I've told people. I'm like, he's a capitalist. That's he's he's a capitalist. That's that's why he's in this. If you're a capitalist, and this is why you're in this, is it more the, the you know the billionaire giving back, or is it more there there is an opportunity for good capitalism here to change the the, the way this functions? Capitalism is creating businesses for rewards. And the rewards don't always have to be about maximizing cash or profits. There's all kinds of rewards that we all get from doing things every single day. And so trying to use the capital that I have, and I'm financially blessed and I, you know, am thankful every single day, but I'm a hardcore capitalist and I get to pick the rewards I want for my capital. And the rewards I want for this is not to make more money, but I want to disrupt an industry because that's very, very rewarding to me. Disrupt the industry. That's interesting because the response, I, I'm walking around amongst people after the, the health interview that happened and the, the general consensus was another billionaire who's going to solve the healthcare uh, yeah. conundrum, cool. right? Bezos, Buffett, Jamie Dimon had Haven, Oracle just bought Cerner. So you have that kind of aspect. Uh, how do you avoid that fate? We're not trying to fit in. That's what they tried to do. All of them tried to fit in. Civic RX isn't trying to fit in. We're not trying to fit in. And it's not about how much money I have in my wallet. It's really just our approach and the fact that we're not having to go out and raise money. We can do it in the way that we want to do it. We're not trying to maximize profits, like I said, so we can do it in the way that we want to do it. So our mission is completely different. And look, when, when I spoke in 2019, I was very careful to say that it's going to take time and there's a big risk of failure. And it's taken us, that was almost three years ago and we had already started and been doing it for two years. And so 
there are a lot of steps to get from there to here. And if we hadn't had success in at least some of those steps along the way, we wouldn't have been able to launch costplusdrugs.com. But we have, and it's, it's started off with a bang. I mean, the proof is in the results for the customers, the patients. It's amazing to me how much you know about healthcare. I mean, it's, it, is this recent knowledge over the last it's couple of years? Five years that I've been working. I've paid for studies. It all started when the, the Republicans were trying to blow up the ACA. And I was like, and I talked to some of the people in the administration. I'm like, so what are you going to replace it with? And they were like, we don't know. I'm like, well, let, let me start to think about that. And so I started to come up with, I came up with something called a 10 plan and then COVID came along and that kind of diced that. But along the way, I've paid for studies comparing the cost of healthcare in Toronto to New York, because when you think about it, the cost in New York and Toronto, real estate's more expensive in Toronto. The cost of doctors and nurses are the same. The cost of band-aids are the same. There's differences because Toronto, the province of Ontario will pay for malpractice insurance and they'll cover all bills. So there's, there's a, a, a cost concept there that advantages Canada, but everything else is the same. So why is, are, is Toronto, why are Toronto hospitals able to charge less than what Medicare pricing is? And when you go back and read the MedPAC reports, you see they're using benchmarks that were created in 83 and 93, I think it was. And, they, and I've even talked to some of the folks there and they, they just work from those, those benchmarks and that's how they figure out pricing, which makes no sense at all. And then when you start to try to figure out the cost that hospitals have for procedures or anything else, the hospitals don't know. I wanted to pay for a study that went around and asked all the different hospitals how they do their cost accounting. No one would respond. Because yeah, they don't do it. I, I mean, I had the CFO for UPMC on, and uh -huh. he, he talked about this. He goes, health systems do not know their costs. They do not have a good cost accounting system. It, it, it really is. I, I don't know of any other business that runs this way where you don't know the true cost of what it is to do something. I went to, I went to an event at the University of Pennsylvania on healthcare, and I just asked one of the, the CEOs of their healthcare system there. I'm like, everybody says they lose eight to nine percent on Medicare. How do you know? Right. Where does that come from? Do you lose money when a Medicare patient um, comes in with a broken arm? Are you trying to tell me you lose money on the prices you charge? And he said, no, we probably make money. So which is it? And who challenges them to even know? I talked to another hospital and they were talking about the mental health program that they wanted me to support. And the first thing they said was they build a building. I said, well, the first thing you do is you sell that motherfucking building and use that money for your pay. And it's a great program. I mean, it's gonna help a ton of people, but you don't need new buildings. And it, you see how CEOs in healthcare are compensated, and a lot of them are really, really good. But you need more revenues to make more money. Well, how do you, how do you so from an entrepreneur standpoint, I feel like I'm the one sitting on Shark Tank right now saying, okay, I don't understand your business model because I'm, I'm looking at it going, don't you need to have a relationship with someone, either the either the providers, the pharmacists, the, isn't there someone you need to have a relationship with? Yes, absolutely. The patient. Okay. Because there are so many patients that are struggling and stressed. And you know what patients who are stressed do? They talk online to other patients who are stressed. And they tell them, well, I was paying $700 for this medication. Now I'm getting it for $83 on costplusdrugs.com. 
I was paying, for some patients, is I was paying $14, now I'm paying $4. Or I was paying $8, now I'm paying $6. And for somebody who is living paycheck to paycheck or may not have a paycheck, going from $8 to $6 a month makes a difference. And so those patients are our greatest advocates. And so if you go on Twitter and do a search for Cost Plus Drugs or CostPlusDrugs.com, you're going to see post after post, same on Facebook, of people just saying, thank God I don't have to make these decisions that I used to have to make. And, oh, my God, I didn't have insurance, and I'd go to the pharmacy, and they would tell me this price, and I didn't know it better. And then someone would come in and say, well, check this company and check this company. And now people are coming in and saying, no, check CostPlusDrugs.com if they have it. And there's obviously a lot we don't have, but hopefully will. But if we, if costplusdrugs.com has it, then you're going to save money. And that's the only relationship we need. Because if you're broke and your life depends on your medication, you are looking for every resource you can. And as long as we make those people, as long as we reduce the stress of those people as much as we legitimately can and keep that consistent. So it's not like some of these places that one day you got to go to the, this Walgreens, the next day you got to go, your next, you know, Phil, you got to go to that CVS you know, in the other part of town and we're just keeping it consistent. And on top of that, as our prices go down, cost plus 15 goes down. And so each of the last two weeks, we've lowered prices on four drugs each week and we'll continue to do that on at least four. So, so is that why you become a PBM so that you can actually negotiate with other manufacturers and do that? Yeah, not only manufacturers, but healthcare systems, providers, unions, self-insured companies. So like we'll fulfill the generics for the Mavericks. Yeah, that makes sense. But actually having this conversation reminds me of the conversation I had with Glenn Tolman from Transparent because it's, it's similar, right? It's looking at it and going, aspects of this need to be blown up. I mean, when we were talking, he, he started talking about the fact that businesses just keep paying more and more and more and more. And it's, it's a system where all these companies over here are making more money, but it's, it just funnels down and it's, it's killing entrepreneurs. The prices aren't helping anybody, but the PBMs or the providers or those vertically integrated companies. And what's happening now, Bill, is the, the self-insurers and particularly unions are going to the manufacturers and say, saying, you're not on our formulary with this insurer that we're working with or this network we're working with. Sign up with Cost Plus Drugs and we'll do a deal with Cost Plus Drugs. Just give us your best possible price. And now you're in. The During the pandemic, telehealth went through the roof and then it came back down. And one of the studies showed that the number one indicator of if people were going to use telehealth was the physician telling them the next meeting we're going to have is telehealth. So the physicians still play a significant role. Sure. and probably in, in this aspect as well. If they tell hey, go to CVS and pick this up. Because you know, what happens is I go in and they ask me when I get there, what's your preferred pharmacy? Right, sure. And yeah. I put that in there and then it gets prescribed and I just go down there and pick it up. Yeah, no, and that's gonna happen and we're gonna educate physicians. Look, we've only been up and running since January 19th. And so what you see is just the first inning of the first preseason. I guess baseball analogies aren't great right now. It's just, it's just the first three minutes of the first game in, in the basketball preseason, NBA preseason, right? And so we're just starting. And we, we don't expect for every physician to know who we are. But again, when that patient talks to the physician and said, 
says, you know what, I've already checked the pricing on costplusdrugs.com. Can you send the prescription to them? What's the, what's the physician going to nine out of 10 times? They'll say, okay, what's the pricing and can I use it for my other patients? And that's what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. Mark, any, any, anything else you want to say about this? Cause I have two questions outside of cost plus drugs that I, I just have to ask you. Yeah. You know, just the other thing I'll say is we're just getting started. And so there's some growing pains, no doubt about it. But as I said earlier, our plan is to have more than a thousand and hopefully reach as many as 2000 drugs. And we will expand beyond generics. And we're working to try to get all the things that are creating the most stress, including insulin. Now, I don't know if we'll be able to pull it off, but it's certainly something that we're working on. Yeah. And if the costplusdrugs.com, there's a four providers, a link up there answers a lot of questions. The medications thing just, just astounds me. It's all right there. And at the bottom, if if you're looking at the price, because there may be a situation where we pay a little bit more and maybe we are a little bit more, it's rare, but you know, maybe because we're working with a manufacturer isn't ready to give us their best price yet. And they want to see how much volume we create. So there might be one or two things out of the hundred plus that you may be able to find a lower price somewhere, but I assure you that that price is going to go down. And so over time, we'll be adding more drugs. As our costs go down, we're going to push the pricing down. We're going to not only have generics, as I said, but we'll also have brand names at some point. Fantastic. All right. Three questions to end this. One's about billionaires. One's about baseball. I'm a huge baseball fan. So, and this, the final one's really going to be about how we got this interview set up. Cause I, I just have questions as to how this happened. First question, billionaires, who's going to win the space race? Is it Musk, Bezos, Branson? Is it NASA? No is it India, China? Who's going to win? I have no idea, but I think it comes down to Bezos or Musk because they're both tech guys and they're both ego driven and they want it. They also want to do the right thing. People like condemn them for doing this, but it's a hedge against our stupidity when it comes to protecting our environment. And so I'm, I'm glad they're doing it, even though they're getting a lot of grief. Yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, it, to be honest with you, living down here in Florida, every time one of those, one of the launches happens, people are excited. I mean, it's fun to watch now. Really is. All right. Let me, let me ask you about baseball and it's not a great time to talk about baseball, but you're, you're the owner of a uh, sports franchise. It's really comp the economics of this. Is it, is it as complex as what they're making it sound or is it, is it just, you have two sides? I don't that are know just- the details, but what I can tell you is transparency helps because transparency builds trust and on both sides, because the sources of income for players are different than, than they were 20 years ago and same for teams, no matter what the sport. And so I don't know their details, but I do know from our experiences that trust and transparency have a big impact. So it's just, it's sitting down, everyone's seeing what's going on on either side. It, it, you it's, should be partners. You, should, you really should be partners in this. And that's what this is all about. In the NBA, I mean, our, our collective bargaining agreement is public. Anybody can go online and read it. The players get 51% of our revenue. And so it's a partnership. Interesting. All right. We set up this interview with an email that I sent to your inbox. First of all, I was surprised that you responded. Second of all, it's public. First of all, why do you do that? And, and how do you do that? Most people can't get through their inbox on a, on a daily basis, but you seem to be doing an awful lot of things and able to respond to that email. Well, first, I don't do a lot of calls or meetings or Zooms for that matter. 
And so I do almost everything via email because it gives me a tickler file of things I need to get done. And it also gives me a repository of things I've done for the last 25 plus years. Now, shoot, I've got emails going back to 1985 on CompuServe. And so I can, I can do a search in all those. So it's not like, okay, what was I talking to Bill about when it came to healthcare in that first email? And so I can just search. I can search Bill Russell and it shows me all those emails 10 years from now. And so that's why I prefer to do things via email. And in terms of my email being public, you never know where great ideas are coming from. There's, there's a company you talk about space, it's called Relativity Space, and they make 3D printers for space rockets. And Tim Ellis is a local Dallas guy, sent me an email, I invested, now it's been millions of dollars, I've still not met the guy. That's, a, that's amazing. Mark, hey, I appreciate what you're doing. I do believe it is an equity issue, and I hope we can get the word out there. I hope doctors start taking a look at the medications that are available online and get get behind really driving down the cost of, of medications. We know this is one of the biggest problems facing individuals. Bankruptcies due to healthcare continue to, to be one, one of the most horrific stories out there. So I wish you the best of luck. If I could help in any way, let me know. Well, to everybody watching, since your industry, my email is mcuban at gmail. And so feel free, if you're having any questions, you'd like to work with costplusdrugs.com in some manner, just reach out and let me know. And we'll see if there's a way we can work together. Sounds good. Thanks again for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you for everything. What a great discussion. If you know someone that might benefit from a channel like this, from these kinds of discussions, go ahead and forward them a note. I know if I were a CIO today, I would have every one of my team members listening to a show like this one. It's conference level value every week. They can subscribe on our website, thisweekhealth.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Overcast, everywhere. Go ahead, subscribe today. Send a note to someone and have them subscribe as well. We want to thank our keynote sponsors who are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. Those are Sirius Healthcare, VMware, Transparent, Press Ganey, Sempris, and Veritas. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.